0: Hello boys and girls, you're listening to part two of two of our series on Ted Bundy who killed several Florida women at the Chi Omega house at Florida State. Um, If you want to listen to part one, rewind, get out of here, go back to episode number 39 that we put out last week. It'll give you some good context and it'll get you... Nice and ready for this one. And also, once again, a sweet little, beautiful little content warning for those of you who do not wish to listen to anything that has to do with uh, the brutal murders of a whole lot of women and a guy who uh, did terrible things to lots of women, including keeping parts of them as souvenirs in his freezer. So if you don't want to listen to that, go ahead. We'll see you We'll see you in the mini-sode. It's not a big deal. We'll talk to you soon. We love you. Adios. Bye-bye.
1: officer that pulled him over recognized the car from a police report that had been filed. Uh Uh-huh. And this is the police report. Yeah. So Ted went to a mall Mm -hmm. in Salt Lake City and sort of stalked a woman named Carol DeRanche. And he approaches her at the mall's food court and claims to be a police detective damn, and told her that there was an attempted theft of her car out in the parking lot Uh and that she needed to file a police report right away with him. So despite her misgivings, Uh actually, she thought this was weird.
0: It is weird Um, because the police would be at your car. They wouldn't know who you were and come into the fucking food court.
1: Well, I guess he could run her plates. Could they run plates at that time?
0: I don't This is 1970, whatever. yeah. Yeah, I don't think so.
1: Durant accompanied the man, yeah. uh, the suspicious man, uh-huh. to his Volkswagen, his very famous tan Volkswagen that is actually in the Museum of Crime. I believe Whoa. it's in Chicago. Oh my God. Um,
0: Volkswagen like bus?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. No, no. A bug.
0: A beetle. A beetle. Oh, shit. Yeah. My mom used to drive one of those.
1: So he basically said, you, you can fill the report out in my car. I'll give you everything all the paperwork. <sighs> And so she gets into the car. Uh Once inside, he placed a handcuff on her and attempted to hit her in the head with a crowbar. Mm -hmm. But she fought back because he accidentally handcuffed the handcuffs to the same wrist. Both cuffs to the same wrist. So she had a free hand. So she had a free hand. Nice. And she fought him off. Uh I don't know how you could fight off a fucking man with a crowbar. Power to you, lady. Yeah. And gets out of the car jumps out of the car and gets to safety fuck
0: yeah absolutely So this was
1: an attempted abduction that had gone wrong basically and that's she- another that's
0: another like rule of ours is like if you ever get so never go to a second location but also like if you have the opportunity fight back because they killers like this and criminals depend on people not doing that yeah it's they true. depend on You just being too intimidated to do anything, not fighting back and making yourself a really easy target. Fight back.
1: Well, that's another reason why women are such great marks, to be honest. Yeah, totally. And no, this is no disrespect to me or any other woman. It's just like, we are programmed, we are taught, we are conditioned Mm -hmm. to say yes.
0: Yeah, you're a little more suggestible.
1: To, no, I just mean like, we've been taught in order to be good little girls, we don't fight back. We don't stand up for ourselves. Like... You know, a boy is sort of raised a little differently. Totally. Um, yes. He's raised to be a little more rough and tumble. Like a woman, especially in this era, was mm-hmm. raised to be subservient and yes. to say yes to men, especially men in authority at all times, 100%. at all costs.
0: Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean suggestible as like an inborn trait. I just mean like, yeah, you get taught to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you just yeah. said.
1: To be pleasant and mm-hmm. like agreeable mm-hmm. basically. Yep.
0: Agreeable, as a better yeah. word. Yeah, totally.
1: So this officer recognizes the car from Durantia's police report, uh-huh. the one who got away um, after her near kidnapping. Also, Bundy's ex-girlfriend, the one with the kid. I'm yeah. going to name her now, Elizabeth Kopfler K- Klopfer? You know me on this podcast. I do, I it's do. just a journey of me trying to pronounce <laughs> it correctly to give people a shred of dignity. Let's just call her Elizabeth. Um, she had broken it off with Ted and called the police telling them that she had a reason to believe that it was her ex Ted Bundy who had been killing all these women in the, in the Pacific Northwest. Oh man. So she suspected him. Um, police did not have sufficient evidence to detain Bundy after they, you know, they pulled him over for trolling, found an ice pick and a crowbar and a mask (laughs) Yeah. and, They registered that it was the same car as the police report, plus an anonymous tip had come in saying, I think my boyfriend was the one who was doing this. Yeah. And they don't detain him because they don't have sufficient evidence. I don't understand policing in the 1970s, clearly. Yeah, yeah. But um, they release him. The simple
0: fact that the car matches the description. I mean, like, I see, like, literally, you see videos on the internet of people getting shot with less evidence, you know, less cause for... Alarm
1: again though, no, good looking, tall white man. I mean,
0: hundred percent
1: clean cut, 100%. looking like Republican yep. looking. I mean, yeah, Republican. Get away. With actually
0: everything. Republican. Yeah. yeah, totally.
1: Um, so they put cops him are on. like,
0: this guy's fine.
1: This guy's like, how everybody? I be.
0: Everybody has a crowbar. Everybody has a ski mask. You need those things every once the in a police
1: while. Police are like, I sure do.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um. So they put him on twenty-four hour surveillance, which just I, guys I don't having really fun. Understand. Guys can't have
0: fun anymore. <laughs>
1: um, they also flew to Washington to interview Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So she told them that in the year prior to Bundy's move to Utah, yeah. she had discovered objects that she quote couldn't understand in her house and in Bundy's apartment. These items included crutches, a bag of plaster of Paris that he admitted stealing from a medical supply house. Uh. And a meat cleaver that was never used for cooking.
0: <laughs>
1: also, surgical gloves, an Oriental knife in a wooden case that he kept in his glove compartment, okay. and a sack full of women's clothing.
0: Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. She said Bundy became quote, normal stuff very upset guy stuff. whenever she considered cutting her hair, which was long and parted in the middle she would sometimes awaken in the middle of the night to find him under their bed covers with a flashlight examining her body.
0: Uh, Okay. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: And all the while, he was playing little peekaboo, let me see your fucking little with her daughter.
0: Ugh. He was doing the same thing.
1: I know, examining oh, that's her body. Horrible. Um, so I'm <sighs> gonna make a sidebar. Let's forget about that. Let's bleach ourselves. Oh, terrible! I need some that. mental bleach so for sure. I'm gonna make a sidebar to profile some of his victims because my previous statement will make more sense. So profile I'm his sorry. Known I'm victims. sorry.
0: He's just under the sheets, going like just taking a look, like yeah, just peeling the labia apart, just like looking for, like a, yeah, what is he I doing don't
1: know. down there? Uh,
0: God, that's, that's so creepy. That, I don't know, I've heard all the creepiest stuff ever in the past hour and a half, but that is by far the creepiest thing I've heard about Ted Bundy. Just him up at night, like that's, to me that's weirder than him shampooing dead bodies. Just him silently examining a sleeping woman, like, under the covers
1: well, it's like even it's though so they're in relationship, inhuman. Like yes! it's as if he doesn't know what a human body he's is and exactly can't understand it. he's looking he's at
0: her like she's like a an insect that's been pinned up. You know what I mean? And like
1: like a butterfly that had been like yeah pinned, to
0: pinned it, up to a mortarboard. Board. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, sorry. Go ahead and profile his his victims for me.
1: So they were all white women, ages fourteen to twenty six. Although two of his victims were twelve.
0: Piece of shit.
1: Yeah. Um, Mostly college students. Mostly wearing blue jeans or slacks. Weird. With long straight hair parted down the middle.
0: Interesting.
1: And an interesting number of dancers and sorority girls. But that's why when his girlfriend Elizabeth would talk about maybe going for a hair change, cutting her hair, he would fly into a rage, she said. She Dude. had long, straight hair parted in the middle.
0: Yeah. So, so weird. Weird. Yeah. weird. So in
1: 1975, he was actually arrested, especially after they interviewed Elizabeth. Um, and he was taken to the station. And yeah. he was identified by Durant in a lineup.
0: Yep. Yeah. Do you think the those girls looked like his mommy?
1: I wonder. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know Freud, Sigmund Freud, has kind of been debunked. Freud's psychoanalysis only really works on or only really worked to describe the neuroses of the upper class, like European aristocracy Mm -hmm. in the late 19th century. And like, they don't really hold up much anymore, but like it, it does seem like so Freudian, right? Like there's this one type of girl that he likes to kill.
1: Oh, and also most of his victims had a particular shade of brown hair. It was like this light Brown. Yes. So, Yeah, not only did most of his victims have that, but even the ones that didn't, it was not like way too far off. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, maybe a dirty blonde blonde, or like a little bit of a darker brown, but like, yeah, it was this particular shade of like light brown. God. So weird, right?
0: So awful. Yeah. And the fact that he would keep them as dolls afterwards. Yeah. yeah. He liked the hair. He loved the hair. So he was
1: identified, right? So he's arrested, but his parents bailed him out. Johnny, his stepfather, and his mom, Eleanor, yeah. bailed him out at 15000 And he spent the next year living with his ex, Elizabeth. What the fuck, Elizabeth?
0: I mean, you know, I, I think the same thing. I also say, what the fuck, Elizabeth? That's a crazy decision to make. But the thing is, like, you underestimate how much of a hold these manipulative people get onto you you know like they they, your brain's not your own anymore when you're dealing with this kind of person so like but i
1: also think like she could have truly been in love yeah and i i don't i don't know if bundy not fully being a human would make Mm -hmm. it so that she wasn't able to fall in love you know what i'm saying i think you're right and when you're in love you do really weird shit and you like excuse a lot of behavior and use a lot of like cognitive dissonance to your advantage true but still, I mean, you suspected him enough of serial killing women to call the police and give them an anonymous tip. Mm-hmm. You also kind of know that he touches your daughter and <sighs> yeah, I mean, he that's... examines your body at night and like Ugh. you find meat cleavers in his glove Ugh, compartment and yep. shit. Like. Mm-hmm. And he was just arrested and positively identified by a woman who said he tried to kidnap me and hit me with a crowbar. <laughs>
0: Man, I mean, that's yeah, that's a lot. That's really, really over the line. Yeah. But Apparently, I mean, I'm though, just he saying, was like
1: a really good partner and also like a good, like, surrogate father.
0: Except for, you know, the touching, plain doctor. Yeah. Show me your Except hoo-ha. for that. Yep.
1: But I think for, again, not totally making an excuse for Elizabeth, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a single mother, especially in those days, like to yeah, have yeah. a man around. Yeah. To either bring in extra money to your household or to mm-hmm. just do things or to just pick your daughter up from somewhere. I mean, honestly. Seriously.
0: Like, and, um, like, again, credit to the victims of manipulation because these manipulative people, they like I said, they get their fucking fingernails inside your brain. All it takes is them to say, I'm so sorry one time. Yeah. And then, like, you you go, ah, I love him, you know. It's it's not because they have weak brains or like no, are no. making bad decisions. It's just like they are they've been rendered incapable of making good decisions. You know.
1: So anyway, in February, yeah, so there's a of, lot
0: of reasons why she yeah. would have taken him back. 1976. Even it's bananas. Yeah.
1: Bundy stood trial for the Durant kidnapping. Mm-hmm. He had elected to serve as his own attorney. <laughs> That, you know, yeah. half of a night school degree. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he was excused by the judge from wearing handcuffs or leg shackles because he's an attorney too for himself.
0: That's fucking crazy. Um, yeah. So
1: during a recess, he asked to visit the courthouse law library to research his case. <laughs> While shielded from the guard's view behind a bookcase, he opened a window and jumped to the ground from a second story, from the second story, injuring his right ankle as he landed. Whoa. Yeah. Just jumped out.
0: God damn.
1: So he was eventually discovered and apprehended only to So make...
0: the serving as your own attorney is the narcissist part. Definitely. The psychopath part. is just going, yep, I'll just jump out of this window. Yeah. Oh my God. He
1: was eventually discovered and apprehended only to make a second escape by losing 30 pounds over six months, sawing a tunnel in his cell and eventually climbing through the crawl space. Oh
0: my God. He's Shawshank Redemptioned.
1: I guess. I've never seen that movie.
0: Oh, forget I said that. It's a great movie. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. So he... Oh, and he did this when he knew that the guard was like on a date, like a date because he was at work with yeah. his wife. Like yeah, his yeah, wife yeah. visited. Wow. So he planned this all out. Also, his parents and Elizabeth were sending him money like, so he was stashing money during this time. Jeez. Yeah. And getting wow. like tools, like getting tools smuggled in to, to <laughs> yeah. tunnel, uh-huh. tunnel from his cell. And so he put like books down on his bunk to make it look like he was there. And Fuck. he crawled through the tunnel and climbed out of the jailhouse.
0: Jesus Christ. Um,
1: he put on his, he stole someone's clothes, like whatever your civilian clothes are that they leave at the jail for you. He just right. changed he just into those clothes, clothes and caught a bus to Denver
0: Uh uh-huh
1: a plane to chicago Mm -hmm. i guess you could just get on a plane back in the day true and then a train to ann arbor (laughs) michigan Uh uh-huh the pedophile capital of the u.s
0: so you're saying he took planes trains and automobiles to hightail it to the pedophile capital of the united states
1: yes that's what i'm saying
0: (laughs) wow this is he felt the pull he had to. He
1: had to go to Ann Arbor. He just had to. He
0: had to. He had to go get some little girls up in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. and then he had to go down. He felt the call of the wild bringing him to Florida.
1: Yeah, in Ann Arbor is where he stole a car and drove it to Tallahassee.
0: God damn, this guy.
1: I know. So he once in Tallahassee, he rented a room under the alias Chris Hagen mm-hmm. at a boarding house near the Florida State Campus. Bundy later said that he initially wanted to Leave the life of crime behind at this point and find <laughs> legitimate employment. Um, uh-huh. Quote, knowing he could probably remain free and undetected in Florida indefinitely as long as he did not attract the attention of police. There you go. So he knew he was among his kind in Florida. He yep. was like, we're all criminals, right? Exactly, all we're all exactly. running from something. Exactly. See, like your who dad said. To Florida runs from something.
0: Your dad also came from Ann Arbor to Florida. <laughs> exactly. My yep.
1: point. So he applies for a job at a construction site. He Mm -hmm. just walks up and goes like, I'll take a job here. And um, (laughs) they let him fill out an application, Uh but it has to be abandoned when he's asked to produce identification. Right, because he's Chris
0: Hagen. Yeah, he's Chrissy Teigen.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Who was that? That name just popped in my um, head.
1: She's married to John Legend, oh, and nice. they're they're a part of the Q conspiracy. <gasps> they are.
0: They're Q, yeah. Q heads.
1: No, no. Q thinks that they are like a big, like the leaders of what? like the baby eating and stuff. Yeah, dude.
0: <laughs> See, uh-huh. you know too much about Q. I'm worried about you. You're going to fall down the rabbit she hole. She did
1: tweet some really weird shit back in the day. Um, like what? That's like resurfaced. Mm, about, yummy kids. Yummy yes, adrenochrome. Yes, kind of. What? Um, when she was watching Toddlers in Tiaras, she was live uh-huh. tweeting that like...
0: Damn, I wish I could stick a straw in this kid what? and suck out his adrenochrome. No, like... What?
1: Mm, like he like little like there was a little boy in the pageant and she was like yeah. damn like finally some eye candy for me and like Ew, what he's the fuck? like he's like tasty like adorable little boy <laughs> okay <laughs> and,
0: okay no and fuck?
1: she like said like sexual stuff about the girls too like weird like i'm paraphrasing but it was like it was i'm weird. like a little like hot and bothered right now is it just me like i'm like wet like
0: oh, basically my oh my god i
1: know am
0: i do i believe in q now yes. i think i believe in q
1: yes now you do i've converted you oh my
0: god we got to sh- we got to take these guys down.
1: I know. So... um <laughs> Not really. Just joking. So all of that happened in eight days. Yeah. He escaped from his jail cell in Colorado. And that whole journey, landing in Tallahassee, filling out the job application, that all happened in eight days. Wow. And that's where we find him across from the Chi Omega sorority house. Oh, shit.
0: That's where he's living?
1: Yeah, at the boarding house.
0: Oh, my God. hmm Okay, city planners. If you're listening to this show... Don't put men's boarding houses across the street from a university sorority house.
1: Yeah, it spells disaster. Yeah, that's um, not a
0: good combination, guys.
1: So when I started the Chi Omega story initially, I began with Bundy approaching the house, right?
0: Uh-huh.
1: But that's not the full story. Okay. So earlier that night on January the 14th, yeah. Ted Bundy was at a club across the alley from the Kai Omega house called Sherrods.
0: Shiraz. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think this illuminates Bundy's mental state at the time and gives us a better idea of why the Chi Omega murders that night were so different than his usual MO. Right. So, lots of girls who were part of the Chi Omega sorority hung out at this club or this bar. Okay. And several of them even worked there, including the bartender who served Bundy that night. And we know that two of his victims... Margaret Bowman, and Lisa Levy were also at Sherrod's that night.
0: Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Wow.
1: Hours before their deaths. Yeah. So many of the sisters remember and report seeing Bundy at the club. And they tell investigators that he stood out. And Bundy at this time is 32. Yeah. Right? So this was a college bar on a college campus. Right. Most of the patrons were 20 to 23-year-old girls. Right. And, you know, he stood out because he appeared much older um and also because he was reportedly standing in the middle of the room staring at girls <laughs> And many avoided him because wow. he made them feel uncomfortable, and they noticed something was off about him.
0: Yeah, because he's just insanely standing and pivoting and inspecting. Yes, that's fucking crazy.
1: So he asks one girl to dance, and she remarks to her friends, "Look at this guy I'm about to dance with. He looks like an ex-con."
0: Shit, <laughs> she was onto him.
1: Wish he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was he an escaped, escaped
0: convict from
1: Colorado prison eight Holy days earlier. Shit. Now, it's unclear whether Bundy went to Sherrod's... Yeah, he
0: wasn't an ex-con. He was a current con.
1: Current con on the lamb. Uh-huh. Whether he went to Sherrod's with the intention of selecting a victim or if he went there to have a drink. Because remember, he had applied for that job earlier that day. Yeah. He was denied, but he was still showing signs of wanting to sort of lay low. Yeah. And sort of enjoy his freedom.
0: Yeah, and he wound up doing exactly the opposite.
1: Yeah. And this is my theory... Um it's, you know, after Bundy's denied the job at the construction site, he's already shown himself to be, like, really sensitive to rejection, right? Yeah. He realized once and for all that he would never be able to lead a normal life. Like, yeah. he would never be able to go straight. He Because he's wanted for a bunch of murders.
0: Yeah. Like, a lot of murders.
1: Um. So, I think he went to Sherrod's to pick out and stalk his next victim.
0: Yeah. I think so, too.
1: And interestingly, from the reports that I saw... Like I told you, the girls at the bar sensed something was very wrong with him. Yeah. And that in and of itself was really different for, for Ted. Not He's many used people, to people trusting him. Not yeah. many people prior saw Ted's like evil like that. His, right. You know. Right. His psychopathy. Yeah. It signals to me that Ted had dropped all pretenses. Yeah. That he had just, you know, he had shed his disguise He had shed the sort of put-on human characteristics that he used to rely on. In fact, in the the Ted Bundy Files documentary, Uh um, he is quoted and recorded as saying like, you know, I had... When he was in college, Uh I had to go home one night and like decide who I wanted to be. I had to write down on a piece of paper, who Ted was going to be. Right. What kind of a guy he was going to be, what characteristics he would have, how he would dress, how he would walk.
0: He even treats himself with that own, like, insane, like, distanced, like, reserved coldness. Yeah. So then, yeah, I think you're right. He dropped all the pretense, and all of a sudden, he's just standing in the middle, like, standing, unmoving, just gawking at girls. yeah, Giving off, I'm a guy who has severed heads in my freezer energy.
1: Vibes, yeah. Instead
0: of like cool fun guy energy. No, I
1: know. (laughs) Um, He just wasn't trying that hard anymore. And I think he was at the end. He knew he was at the end of his rope. Yeah. I think he knew that his like killing spree was coming to an end. Yeah. I mean, he was wanted by police. He was facing charges. Now he was an escapee. Uh Uh-huh. So he just abandoned this veneer of normalcy. Right. You know? Right. Um. I just I think he knew he was on a joyride, and getting caught was inevitable. So he just no longer strove for perfection or totally. even caution in his killings. Yeah,
0: it doesn't sound like there was any caution applied to this yeah. at all.
1: So the girls at Sherrod's, rightly, weren't showing him any attention.
0: Or, wait a minute, maybe it's that he went to Florida State... And he got away with everything because he was kind of hot everywhere else. But then he goes to Florida State and the level rises.
1: Oh, shit. You it's know what hot I mean? It's phenomenon. Yes, it's the Little hot girl fuck. phenomenon. Yeah, he's killing girls in...
0: Like, he's normal hot, but when he goes to Florida State, they're like, ew. Oh,
1: yucky. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's like Washington State hot. He's not like Florida hot.
0: That must be it. Oh,
1: my God. So um, the girls weren't showing him any attention. Uh-huh. And in fact, they found him creepy and too old to be there and kind of yes, scary. Yes, And that was something that Bundy could not tolerate.
0: Yeah. Well, then so, fucking don't stand in the middle of the room stationary and just gaze, scan. For I women. know.
1: But what I think was like his traditional M.O., I yeah. think he was trying to do that. I think he went to this bar across uh-huh. the alley from the sorority house to pick out, select a victim, mm-hmm. get excited about her, sort yes. of stalk her, yeah. then go into the sorority house and, and do the thing that he normally does with right. her. Right. That's the MO. He would never, he never killed more than one victim at a time they right. were pre-selected carefully totally and he would inf- not only not kill more than one girl on the same day yeah but he would space them out pretty evenly yeah because he was still doing things to their bodies afterwards Ugh, so he was still fixated on that Christ. same kill
0: Ugh. so you know? then he gets rejected this night it pisses him off and he gets hungry
1: I think so. I think he was finally being seen as like the low life, like insufferable, fragile little like dweeb that what he, he always actually was. Is. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. you know, also because of his age, like mm-hmm. the the cracks were beginning to show. And I think the fact that no girls wanted to dance with him enraged him.
0: Yeah, totally. And
1: then when he found out that mo- most of the girls in that bar were Kai Omega.
0: Ooh, shit! That's when bad he decided day to be a Kai Omega.
1: In fact, there was one last encounter that Ted had at the bar Uh before walking across the street to the sorority house. One woman told police that there was a man outside the club. Mm -hmm. When she approached the door, he asked her if she was a member of the Chi Omega sorority. She said she was not. And he said, you're lucky.
0: Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh, shit. So...
1: So he's like, yep, I'm
0: walking in later tonight and I'm gonna kill all of these bitches. Mm -hmm. Oh my god.
1: It's your lucky day, bitch.
0: Holy shit, dude.
1: So, back to the question of why were the Kai Omega murders so different for Bundy? Yeah. One, he normally killed one woman at a time. Yeah. Right? In this instance, he attacked five.
0: Reckless abandon, you could call it. Yeah.
1: Number two, three out of the five women attacked on January 15th survived.
0: Yeah, normally they don't. Yeah, there was only one
1: exactly. And he there was only one other girl yeah. that survived, mm-hmm. right? Duranche, Right. Who got him arrested. Yes. That totally. was one botched kidnapping. Yeah. And she wasn't even assaulted yet. Yeah. So it's really unusual based on his traditional MO that he
0: would leave survivors. That he
1: would leave survivors. Yep,
0: that's right. Well, yeah. he didn't manage to get any of them to a second location.
1: Yeah, no, he didn't.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, number three, he didn't pr- pretend to be injured or pretend to be law enforcement right. to lure he just his pretended victims to, be to a, his car. A
0: normal like hot guy is yeah. what He was trying to do and it yeah. didn't fucking work.
1: He couldn't do it.
0: Yes, because he's mediocre.
1: Yes. Because he's mediocre, he needed the extra pity points of having a broken arm and a sling, uh-huh. or the extra like scary points, scary points of, of being, being an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Correct to pull off even being attractive at all to these women, dude. So scary. So basically, he didn't rely on his charm or good looks to approach the girls at the Kai Omega House like he had in all of his previous interactions he liked to lure it wasn't going into a house and massacring people that was not the thing he did he he liked to get them to say yes to coming with him yeah yeah That was probably like part of the game you know totally and um four he didn't seem to have a murder weapon chosen this is like one of the first things you said yeah, when I started was, telling you the story. God damn, he
0: just picks up a fucking stick off the ground?
1: Yeah, he Jesus. just approaches the house and sees a log and fucking goes, I'll This'll just use the log. <laughs> like, it signals that he wasn't planning. Yep. There was hardly any planning involved, like caution had been thrown to the wind. Right. Um, five, he didn't lure or kidnap any of the girls to a secondary location, which you've already mentioned. Yep. Um, all five victims that night at FSU were left right where he found and assaulted them.
0: hmm
1: Number six, these attacks were sloppy. Yeah. He almost got caught twice. Once because he was being too loud. That was the one he broke into her basement apartment. Yep. And the neighbors could fucking hear him. Yeah. And he leaves the murder weapon and masks behind and yeah, of with his before, hair in it. Yeah, this was before DNA, but you yep. can tell if a hair looks like the fucking hair on your head or not.
0: You're in trouble. At You're the in trouble. Least. You're yeah. going to be
1: questioned. Uh-huh. So it's very sloppy.
0: That is very sloppy. And the other one was because he was in plain sight because the fucking window was open. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he tripped.
0: And he tripped. Yeah. So he, you think he was just like, okay, I know I'm getting taken back in. Like, I'm not going straight. They're going to get me again. I got to squeeze one out. Like, I got to mm-hmm. really do it. Like, I got to really kill some people tonight.
1: Well, I think he was just trying to squeeze out one like he normally did. And ho- just was going to continue doing thing.
0: But his he lost thing. control.
1: But I think he was so offended yeah. by the girl's <laughs> treatment of him at that bar. He was
0: a fucking incel.
1: He was an incel. That Except he fucking for... snapped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It's terrible.
1: So, now with any crime, but with especially crimes as brutal as the Kai Omega murders, there's a ripple effect, right? So, I, w- I actually want to take this time to mention another victim here that often gets left out in the sort of like Bundyverse literature. Yeah. And Dr. Todd Grande does, he's got a brilliant youtube channel um he's like a psychologist that breaks down a lot of these phenomenons in a very like scientific way but he's really great so you guys should check him out
0: great name too dr todd grande (laughs) yeah that's a great name
1: he um he does a great video where he talks about this so this is actually where i get this information from Mm -hmm. there was another woman in the house that night besides margaret lisa karen and kathy her room was across the hall from lisa's the one who got her nipple torn off and her butt kicked oh, Yep. And for whatever reason, Bundy did not go in there. He walked downstairs to Kathy and Karen's room instead. And no fucking shit. No one knows why he didn't go into the third room on the first floor or whatever.
0: I wonder if she woke up and she was like, what the fuck? Was I not pretty enough? So, um, Like, did she wake up and go like, how come I didn't get broken into?
1: Actually, no. Her name was Valerie Duke. Uh-huh. And during the attack, she was sound asleep and didn't hear anything. Shit. She woke up to like the screams afterwards. Yeah. And to calls to paramedics and paramedics rushing in. And Nita Neary, the girl who had just uh-huh. walked in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Obviously was also walking into a situation where there's blood all over Karen yeah. and Kathy's yeah. room. Uh-huh. They look, they're.
0: They look like hell. They look
1: like hell. They're like. Moaning, they can't speak. Their jaws are broken. One of the
0: other sisters is dead, and her nipples fucking yeah, two of them are dead. Yeah.
1: So um, after the attacks, she woke up to a nightmarish scene.
0: Yeah. No kidding.
1: Margaret and Lisa dead and bloodied. You know. Oh my god. And two other sisters, like barely alive, moaning in pain.
0: That'd be so. I would question my entire reality. I'd be like, Oh my god, am I still dreaming? Like, what is this? Is this real?
1: So she dropped out of FSU on the first anniversary of the attack. Oh, boy. And four months after that, she died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound.
0: Oh, that's awful.
1: Yeah. So I just thought it was important to share like, the long-lasting effects on the victims of this crime, including yeah. Valerie, who no I kidding. consider a victim because of the the what she had to witness.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, and she died. She died because of what happened.
1: Yeah, she killed herself yeah. because of it. It's
0: fucking awful. Yeah. This is what this is what violence does to people, you know. I mean, they describe the cycle of violence, but literally, like, so this act was literally physically violent towards how many four people in the Cayo house and one other, like, mm-hmm. you know, off campus. Yeah. Um. But it it echoes and it ripples outwards. It destroys other people's lives who weren't even physically harmed or might not have even witnessed it. it like, it keeps growing and swelling, and these people. We, we sort of projected the idea that Ted himself might have gotten hit when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. That beating that he took turned into these murders that turn into more shit. Fucks they, these people up and hurt people hurt people, right? So it keeps spreading and spreading. It's crazy.
1: Absolutely. God, it's awful. And another thing that I think about is like, you know, the question. Why are people so obsessed with Bundy? Yeah. Number one, we... We decided it's his good looks. Really, that's really it.
0: Because he's honestly not that charismatic. No. No.
1: But I think the second thing is this idea of the sorority house as a place of safety in the world, as a feminine sanctuary, as basically like... Hen
0: house, little chicken coop. Yeah, like there was a
1: wolf in the hen house.
0: Exactly. There was.
1: And that's a really terrifying... Portrait, like that's yeah. a really terrifying idea because a sorority house is is innocent in nature, you know. Like that's our i. Id- no, of course I'm it's sorry. not. I'm, I'm
0: grinning like an idiot right no, now. No, no, but like, <laughs> yeah, that should be safe. Then. That's
1: where like you our young be. women are residing. Mm-hmm. Like that's yep. where I don't know. I think there's something wholesome and like juvenile. Yeah, and of like, course, of course, they they all have bright futures. Like they're yeah, all in right. college. Like it's a I little just think, club. They yeah. have fun. They
0: go to parties and dance and stuff. Yeah. I
1: know. I know that like sorority and whatever Greek culture. I wasn't in one, but like it's yeah. crazy and like whatever. But what I'm saying is like zoomed out from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's these people that are beginning their lives. They're
0: still kids. Yeah, they're yeah. still kids. Yeah.
1: And there was a wolf in the mm-hmm. hen house and that's really scary. I mean, yeah, I just want to like knock this guy off his fucking pedestal. Like... Yeah, you know he gets too much are, like renowned in our culture and like modern american culture yep yeah and like i guess he he was a nose picker <laughs> so that's something about it <laughs> he, he like relentlessly picker. picked his nose Ugh. obviously he was a law school dropout with yeah, mediocre uh-huh. intellect uh-huh. and he was terribly awkward in social situations he was a necrophiliac and a fucking yes! pedophile. file my god who like never had any money and often mispronounced words which he- you know I have a soft spot for
0: him. <laughs> okay, we'll give him that one. <laughs> give him a mulligan on that one. Yeah. Um Fucking, yeah, he was literally all of the worst things that you could possibly be. Rapist, pedophile, necrophiliac, nipple pincher. Fucking, he <laughs> yeah. stole that girl's nipple. Yeah. So he's a thief, too. Yeah. Fucking stole credit cards. Yeah, cars. he stole everything. His, he stole everything. His ex, Liz, said, I'm not had. sure
1: that that yeah i'm not sure that there's one thing he owns that he didn't steal
0: yeah this guy was literally a criminal from top to bottom in a piece of shit
1: and a fucking republican <laughs> and a fucking <laughs>
0: republican too
1: um not yeah. saying nothing and you know he was like
0: not saying anything he
1: wasn't the most prolific serial killer no or even the most heinous killer like in terms of the things he to, now, know. who
0: who does that award go to?
1: Oh, I don't know. But there are people who like, you Domer. know, skinned <laughs> skinned folks alive. <laughs> yeah, Ed and, like, Gein. Yeah. yeah, torture. I guess I talk yeah. more like when they torture you yeah, and like yeah, keep totally you know. in a room and like kill you slowly, I guess. Yeah, that's
0: so fucked up. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or, like make, make lamps out of you and yep. you know what I mean. Yep. Totally um, right. So, you know, and he wasn't the most fastidious either or the most clever. I mean, he no. was pretty methodical for most of his Killing career until right, he got right. to Florida. Yeah. But not the most. No. He's not really the most anything. Yep. And he had a pretty short reign and he burned out pretty quickly.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: actually, I did some research. I was like, okay, well, who is the most prolific serial killer? And Americans aren't even fucking shit on this list, okay? What?
0: Who's the most prolific serial killer?
1: Luis Garavito.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, He's a Colombian who Ooh, killed in Colombia, Ecuador and Venezuela. Uh, he's known as La Bestia. The beast,
0: the beast, right? Yeah.
1: Um he's suspected of murdering over 300 victims, mostly Colombian street children.
0: Jesus, dude.
1: Yeah. Child murderer and rapist and torture killer too, by the way, about the torture thing. Shit. Number two, also a Colombian who's murdering children off the streets. So
0: my theory about vitamin D is just totally out the window. I
1: guess. I Number guess three so. is Pakistan, also a child murderer and rapist.
0: Jesus Christ. Number dude.
1: four is Russia.
0: What are the numbers on these?
1: Oh, um, like three hundred well, three hundred plus, three hundred plus, one hundred
0: eighty-three plus. Wow! Plus. wow. Um, oh my again, god! Again, another
1: Colombian. Yeah. One eighty. Yeah. A Brazilian, one hundred plus. Dude. Some guy from India, seventy plus. Jesus. China, Christ. sixty-seven, and then our first American is introduced to this list. Um, he has 93. 93? Wait, what? What was I reading? Oh, possible victims versus proven victims. Sure. I'm so sorry. Okay. So anyway, Samuel has 60 proven victims, mm-hmm. um, possible 93. Damn. But um, he, yeah, he was killing from 1970 to 2005. So he had a really long run.
0: 2005? That's recent. I Man, know. So much for American exceptionalism, huh? I
1: know. <laughs> yeah. And he had a Florida connection, by the way. Of course he did. Yeah. Uh, He moved to Florida to live with his mother in the late 60s when he was in his 20s to work at a cemetery. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And the reason that no one, hardly anyone talks about Samuel Little even though he's the most prolific American serial killer Uh first of all because he's black and most of his victims were like young kind of untraceable black women
0: oh damn and
1: like it's kind of like killing Native American women it's like oh, I don't know fuck. the law enforcement at the time people didn't really just fucking don't care. care
0: god damn or maybe dude. they
1: still don't care I mean like black women were going mi- missing off the street yeah uh, being killed by Samuel Little and people were just like mm, I don't know whatever it's
0: so funny this is yet another case of like black people being really good at something <laughs> that white people get all the credit for uh, like
1: true Like,
0: the best rock and roll guitar player was a black man named Jimmy fucking Hendrix. You may have heard of him.
1: The best American serial killer. You might have heard of him. Samuel (laughs) Samuel Little. Little. Also a black man.
0: God damn. Seriously, this white people get all the serial killer credit, but the best one to ever do it in the States was this guy.
1: I mean, I have to say, tip to all killers out there. It seems like being someone who moves around a lot and keeps little contacts... But murders, um, like sex workers of color, really any color, that's kind of that. That's where it's at these days. Like no one cares about a black sex worker. Like nobody. Like you're not gonna get caught. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so fucked up. You and I do, but
0: law enforcement. No, they're they
1: really really will. They'll go looking for a missing little white girl. Right. I just don't know how motivated police are totally to look for probably a drug addicted black sex worker which is a shame yeah but if you killer, were going to be a serial killer yeah. go after that population which you or shouldn't Native do people.
0: you should not do that don't do it don't fucking do but that But if you're going to and keep you your hands to off. actually keep your hands off of people
1: yeah so yeah and i think this other thing about like women and their attraction to Ted, like the women in his life or whatever. Because yeah. when he was on trial, groupies, like he started having I groupies know. that would come to And that's trials.
0: another thing, like, that's another like weird female sexual thing. Yeah. Like the, the story of like, this guy like who's behind bars or like who's like Life on after trial. lock or
1: love after lockup or yes, what- whatever exactly. There's like these shows that um women will marry incarcerated men and yeah. like start these romantic relationships with yeah. them. And, you know, I actually totally get that. I get yeah. what's behind that. It's like you, He can't run away. Totally can't yeah. run away. Can't, can't like cheat you. on you, really. I mean, like he <laughs> well, could be another guy, but like oh, yeah. Um Yeah, and like He's sort of dependent on you as well, like totally. for
0: commissary. commissary.
1: <laughs> and um, he also is—he represents this like bad boy, right? This danger, yes, this exactly. dark figure, exactly. who can't put you in danger, right?
0: Because he can't touch you.
1: He can't touch you. Yep. So you're flirting with danger. Yeah. But and it's exciting and it's a little scary, but it's ultimately safe
0: until he gets out. Right. And but a lot of these guys you. are like
1: for life. And the women know that. Dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, And with Ted, like, you you hear from women when you ingest some of this, like, literature. It's, like, the women in his life, both close to him or acquaintances, Mm -hmm. really saw that there was, like, this mystique about him. There was this, like, mental distress that they could detect, but that they thought it was, like a sad boy thing that they could fix totally. instead of like, no, that darkness no, is he's, he's raping like and killing women off the street. That shit
0: insane.
1: Yeah. And I think like...
0: And a nose picker.
1: And a nose picker. Women like, want to fix their partners too. And I guess mm-hmm. that's an element I sort of left out of this like, larger discussion of women and why we're attracted to true crime. Is like, yeah, sure. There's this, um, this attraction to like, darkness because like, we can be the light. Like, yeah, we can sure. save them. Uh-huh. We can fix them. I don't think men are like, Walking around, like seeing a girl who's like in distress, like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm contradicting myself now. No, I, but don't I think just so. don't think I don't men think want so. to like fix you. They no, want to, like, God, save no. you. Like, <laughs> y- they want you to add to their lives. They don't want you to like detract. Like, yeah. They, they just don't have that like fixing, saving impulse. No, I think, God. By and no. large. God knows.
0: No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all.
1: Um, so these women would start coming to the courthouse and they would be wearing their long straight hair parted in the middle and some of them would even dye their their hair that oh right God, that like right kind of yeah. Ew, and apparently I'm he so liked hoop up. earrings so they would wear hoop earrings and jeans. This
0: is so crazy. I know. So they were swimming around him like a little school of fish. Yep. That's fucked up. Which
1: brings me to my next point. Yeah. Ted Bundy got married in jail. He did? Mm-hmm. To Carol Ann Boone and fathered a daughter.
0: He had a kid? In prison. He fathered a daughter? Yes. Holy shit. So Bundy and
1: Boone met in 1974. It was a big year for Ted. 1974. A lot, 1974. Of, a lot
0: 1974. of shit happened in 1974. Um, 1974.
1: While they were both working at that Department of Emergency Services in Olympia, where he was writing pamphlets about how to keep girls from being raped. <laughs> yes. It was also a government agency that was involved in the search for missing women. That was another thing. That was a part of his job. Dude. That was what this agency did. So yeah. he, you know, I thought answering calls at the National Suicide Prevention Hotline was bad. That's it's like his second job is a job where they try to find missing women.
0: Missing women <laughs> recovery center. Yes. The most ironic job he could possibly have.
1: I mean, do you think it that... It makes sense yeah, though. Do you, do you it's think like, he sought these out in order to like... Do research or for some sort of like Something karmic like that. debt.
0: I no, definitely not karmic debt, but either to do research or to sort of like, you know, I, I bet you he got like a kick out of like, mm. you know, he's hiding in plain sight, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like how they show up to their victims' funerals. Yeah, to go like, Haha, like I did that, that kind of thing. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. He may have even wanted. The agency to deal with one of the cases of a missing woman that maybe he's made go missing. Right. And right. so he feels like this rush, this thrill. Or of maybe like he's yeah. knowing what happened to her. Right. Exactly. Or pretending he doesn't. Or
0: maybe he's just so addicted to the concept of harming women, women? and making them go <laughs> missing yeah. that he's just like, if you have a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs>
1: That's really
0: good. That's what it was.
1: And I think with the suicide hotline, I'm like, does he just like to hear fear in people's voices? Like they're on death's door, like they're on the precipice of life and death. Oh god, and they're afraid and they're in distress. Like I think he likes hearing that in people's voices. Oh
0: god. Well, yeah. Obviously, that's like his favorite place. Oh, dude. That's
1: what his like. That's where he
0: brings ladies on first dates what death's door
1: oh my god (laughs) that's like what his little neighbor friend said too it's like he liked at boy scout camp he would like play tricks on like play pranks or like like scare people yeah he like dug a hole and made this girl like at church camp like run over it and she like broke her ankle and like got trapped or something and he's
0: just sitting there with a shitty grin yeah oh this is terrible So
1: obviously he likes to see people afraid
0: something that really makes me anxious and gives me nightmares about, like, this is part of why I avoid true crime and, like, serial killers and all that stuff in the first place is there's something that's so absolutely repulsive and sickening to me about the idea of, like, you know he was getting this weird, like, sexual pleasure out of, like, fear and torment Mm -hmm. and, like, darkness and, like, something about that, like, the uncontrollable sexual urge Mm -hmm. that, like, goes along with all this stuff just scares the daylight out of me like it scares me so bad freaks me out the idea that this guy is like he's got this like this thing that I associate with like you know like pleasure and like love and like it's the most wholesome thing in the world sex it's like it's beautiful and good holy good is like turned completely on its head and it's used for like torture and pain it's like so scary to me Definitely. I don't know I hate it. Well,
1: that's you know we talked Ugh. about this on the Eileen Warnos episode. The difference between yeah. male killers and female killers. Yes, exactly. And male killers are by and motivated large motivated by, by, lust. by lust. Yeah, Ugh. by sexual Ugh. gratification. Good God! It's like so you scary. said, when he when he runs from the sorority house yeah. and breaks into someone else's on campus house. Yeah, it's like it's he had blue murder balls. balls exactly. It's a sexual thing. That's it really right.
0: Is. God, that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeesh. So anyway.
1: Carol Boone was going through a divorce when yeah. she met Bundy, when they were working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bundy was in a relationship, I think, with Elizabeth at yeah. this time. Yeah. So they didn't get involved, but they liked each other right away. Mm-hmm. And Bundy did admit to her that he wanted to date her, even though he was with Elizabeth. Wow. Um, but she put him in the friend zone for a while. Damn. In 1975, Bundy was arrested for the first time, remember, in Utah for the kidnapping how many, of
0: the I how many bodies is, is putting Ted Bundy in the friend zone worth...
1: I mean, a lot, I
0: think. <laughs> like four or five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, um, Carol and Ted's relationship yeah. slowly grew stronger when he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Again, it's this sort of like, he's, I'm in love with him. I'm attracted to him. He's dangerous, but he can't hurt me because he's locked up, you know? Yeah. So that's when their relationship begins to gain steam. And she would visit him in jail like once a week.
0: How the fuck did she have a kid? Was well, he like she like well, a his fucking her through the bars? Like, she had a son out.
1: from a, a different, from her marriage, from her previous yeah. marriage. But I'll tell you how they had their daughter. Oh my God. Um, two, year, two years later, so mm-hmm. in 1977, Bundy yeah. was extradited to Colorado, you know, where he escaped. He fled mm-hmm. to Florida, committed the Chi Omega murders in yeah. 78 and other crimes, and then was caught and jailed in Florida. So in 1979, uh, Carol Boone moved down to Gainesville yeah. To be closer to him after he received a death sentence for the Kyle Omega murders, and while he was awaiting trial for the kidnapping, rape, and murder of that Florida 12-year-old Kimberly. This is
0: fucking crazy. For which
1: he would probably receive another death sentence. Yeah. He's in prison for life, bitch. Like, let it go. Let oh my the flame God. die.
0: Also, that's so sick. Isn't it like, weird? Can you imagine like being attracted to somebody who you knew did all this well, stuff?
1: Okay, here's the thing. Do you think that these People that find themselves involved with serial killers, do mm-hmm. they have like the fame bug?
0: Like could are they be. the types of
1: people who are attracted to like the limelight, maybe? Could be. I just wonder if that's a motivating factor. It
0: totally could be. I think that you're not far off. Yeah, yeah. The, there's something special.
1: Yeah, to insert themselves in this story, this national yeah. story. I mean,
0: obviously it's wrong. No, he's a lowlife. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, gross. And he's mediocre, as we've thoroughly explained. I know.
1: So she's quoted in this Netflix documentary as saying, quote, Let me put it this way. I don't think that Ted belongs in jail. The things in Florida don't concern me any more than the things out west do. Jesus. What?
0: So she's convinced herself that he's innocent. I guess. Yikes.
1: Or she doesn't say that, though. She yeah. doesn't say he's innocent. She says, it doesn't concern it me. It doesn't
0: bug me. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy.
1: So Bundy figured out an obscure way to marry Boone while incarcerated. Incarcerated. (laughs) Uh, Cordy B. Uh Um, so they could have more like regular. So they could have a conjugal visit, basically. Dude. Um, they had been intimate before, Uh and they did this by bribing guards. It was not hard. They just told the guards, "Yo, we're gonna need a minute. I'll we'll give you some money." Carol would come with money or whatever. And, and
0: none of the guards were like, "Hell no, I'm not gonna let an unprotected woman into a into Ted Bundy's jail cell."
1: None of them.
0: They all were like, "Ooh, fifty bucks, fifty bucks, fifty bucks."
1: Yeah, Carol described the guards as quote real nice guys who looked the other way." <laughs> <laughs> all um, right. But anyway, so he wanted to stop bribing them and like have it be legit. Well, so he didn't he- like.
0: He didn't like criminality, remember? No, no. He
1: did not like criminality. No. <laughs> so he found and used an old Florida law that stated that as long as a judge is present during a declaration of marriage in court, uh-huh. the intended transaction is legally valid. Wow. So according to Rule and Rule's book, The Stranger Beside Me, Bundy um like bungled the effort on his first try. Okay. Like got the phrasing wrong and they yeah. had to rephrase his intentions differently the second time around. Got it. Which again, it's like He's a bumbling fool. Like, he's actually not slick. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: he's just hyper confident in himself. Yeah. So. And unfortunately, people like that go a long way. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, Carol Boone made sure to contact a notary public to witness the second attempt and stamp their marriage license beforehand. Uh, acting as his own defense attorney, right? Bundy called Boone to the witness stand on February 9th, 1980. Mm-hmm. Bundy then asked Carol Ann on the stand in the midst of his murder trial to marry him. Oh my. She agreed, God. though the transaction wasn't legitimate until Bundy added, I do hereby marry you.
0: That's insane. Yeah. That's so goddamn insane. Um,
1: the YouTube comment section like, quote, the weirdest thing here is that back then you could get married in Florida in front of a judge in the middle of a murder trial. Yeah!
0: <laughs> the judge couldn't like raise his hand and go, uh, excuse me, Yeah, fucking bang the gavel a little bit. Pardon me, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah. So on October 24th, wow. which is my birthday, uh-huh. 1982, two years into his prison stint, the couple's daughter, Rose Bundy, was born.
0: Rose Bundy. The Bundy line lives on. It lives on. In the form of a woman. <clears throat> yeah. This is crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd rather it be a woman.
0: <sighs> yeah, me too. I guess so. That, you know, that testosterone and that weird stuff can't be stuff fucking really gets trusted. oh no, God, no. Um, <laughs>
1: So four years later, three years before Ted Bundy's execution by electric chair on January 24th. A lot of 24s. He was born February 24. His daughter was born October 24. He was executed January 24. Weird.
0: 1989. It's like that Jim Carrey movie. 24. The number 24. Um, yeah.
1: Boone divorced him and allegedly did not see him again after that. So three years before his death.
0: They got a divorce. Yeah. She finally, she do you think she just resurfaced. woke up one morning and was like, What am I doing? I mean, oh I re- my God, what am I doing? I, I
1: really wonder. I wonder if he said something to her. Yeah. I just wonder what it was.
0: I've good, uh, yeah. Oh, a moment of clarity, apparently.
1: Maybe. I thought she was beyond clarity. She said,
0: though. Oh my God, I'm married to Ted Bundy. Wait a minute. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Maybe marrying a prolific serial killer who raped and severed the heads of and had sex with the bodies of a bunch of women who look like me is it the greatest idea?
1: <laughs> I can only hope it was that yeah <laughs> Me too. And I'm bored.
0: like, I'm I don't know. bored. I'm bored. He doesn't even give me presents. <laughs> I don't know. He never thinks about me.
1: So I tried to like figure out kind of where they were. Like, where's Carol Ann? Where's Rose? What's the deal on them? What's the 411? Yeah, what's
0: up with you guys? They've
1: never resurfaced. They keep it extremely low profile. No one yeah. knows who they are. The internet, though, is sure that Rose Bundy mm-hmm. has changed her name and lives either in London or Ooh. Oklahoma. We... That, those are the options. That is
0: a weird set of places.
1: I know, I know. I wonder why they
0: chose them. I don't know. Why London or Oklahoma?
1: I'm sure the internet has its reasons. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, she would be 39 years old right now.
0: Goodness fucking gracious. Jesus.
1: So, I want to talk briefly about Bundy in context of the 1970s.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Criminal
1: justice expert Peter Vronsky, whose new book, American Serial Killers, The Ep- Epidemic Years, looks to answer just that question.
0: Yeah, what um, was going on in the seventies?
1: Yeah, so because
0: that was than... like there was Son of Sam going on yep. in New York, uh, fucking the Ted Bundy, Hillside
1: Strangler, or whatever. Richard Ramirez. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, the fucking uh, John Wayne
1: Gacy.
0: John Wayne Gacy. Dahmer totally. was
1: doing that time. Dahmer. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I think Zodiac was. The, yeah, that
0: that's time. who I was trying to remember. Zodiac.
1: The Golden State. The Happy Face Killer. Holy shit! I know.
0: The Happy Face Killer. Yeah. Oh. He was a trucker. Ugh. I know. Oh. Um, so what does he have to say about this?
1: So uh, 80% of known American serial killers, 80%, operated between the years 1970 and 1999. Jesus. is that crazy? Yeah, it's like satanic the satanic panic only, on only was that? real. Exactly. Wow. Um, it's an era that was coined as the golden age of the serial murderer. Okay,
0: pick a different color.
1: By, by Harold Schlechter, who is a crime historian. The golden
0: age. No, there's, there's, it's like the golden age of basketball. No, it's, you pick a different color. (laughs) Um. The shit brown age of serial killers.
1: And I think that, um, (laughs) this. Yeah. This reasoning of why 80% of our serial murders in this country, in the history of this country, happened in that 20-year span is because, okay, picture this. Yeah. It has to be in context. Uh Lots of hitchhikers.
0: Okay, sure, yeah.
1: No phones.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: No DNA testing.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: By and large, more trust in strangers.
0: Definitely. uh,
1: More trust in academic institutions Mm -hmm. being safe. Like, you know, a lot of these girls that were victims of Bundy were just walking around a college campus alone at night. Yeah, right. And it used to be that you would think of a college campus as being an inherently safe place.
0: Sleepy, yeah.
1: That there's, there's, you know, teachers around, there's, you know... And more unlocked doors, more more totally. trust of strangers, totally. Just in general, totally. um, police departments were not sharing information across right. jurisdictions. Of course, yeah. During that time period, like they do now, yeah. Um, you know, diagnoses for mental disorders were not very common.
0: Right. So you PTSD, could just see
1: bipolar, schizophrenia. You like, could
0: have some terrible illness and go through your whole life, and people would be like, hey eh, you know, I mean, he he's moody." Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. He's
1: odd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that could contribute to like less. I'm putting less in quotes only because maybe serial killers today just aren't, we don't know what their methods are and they just haven't been caught yet. But yeah, if we're going to say that there are possible. less serial killers today, yeah. then I think more widespread diagnoses of mental disorders is probably a contributing factor.
0: Definitely, definitely. The
1: advent of like good mental health drugs. And medicine
0: and therapy and like all the advances that we've made in that field. Yeah. Over the past, you know, several decades. Yeah. Yeah, I just think also there's more tempting, you know, because you weren't, we're sort of walking around nowadays with the awareness that like we're being listened to and watched and Mm -hmm. tracked all the fucking time. My phone knows where... Security
1: cameras. Yes,
0: my phone knows where I am. My laptop is like, there's an FBI agent on the other end, like fucking watching me, you know jerk off or yeah, whatever basically. Um fucking the you know Amazon knows what I'm gonna buy before I even buy it you know it's yeah. there's cameras everywhere everyone's looking everyone's on the internet communication is instant I think it probably makes it less tempting you know yeah. even if you felt like it you'd be like ah shit I don't think I could get away with it because it's fucking you're being watched constantly everyone knows everything you're doing all the time
1: yeah and yeah. the term serial killer came about in this era. So, is that right? When yeah, when Bundy was killing, there was no such phrase in as... in the public consciousness. Yeah, yeah. As serial murderer, right? Serial right. killer. Somebody
0: who just does this Someone over who and just over again. Keep, yeah. Yeah. Because keeps they doing like it. it as
1: much as they can. Right. Over and over.
0: Right. Totally.
1: Yeah. So. Um,
0: again, also lead. lead. <laughs> Apparently Lead <laughs> in the gasoline made everybody a whole lot less crazy. Taking it out.
1: Lead man. Fascinating. Um, yeah, so without the hitchhikers, mm-hmm. that's when you can study this phenomenon. When, pe- when women stopped hitchhiking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: killers moved to sex workers.
0: Yeah, right on. Because yep. it was
1: another transient population. Mm-hmm. They just had to pivot. So that was beginning in the 1990s. And now most sex workers are online. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, killers are moving towards procuring their victims online even yeah. through dating apps and like yeah, dating right, sites right, right, and stuff right, right. Totally. Like, there's like a killer in london who started he was on um what's the gay one grinder grinder he's yeah. on grinder like maybe 10 years ago and he would just fucking kill these guys he would just go around london going on dates with guys and fucking killing them like Jesus Christ, you know that's dude. yeah the new frontier
0: seriously yeah, yeah. yeah. dating apps yeah fucking a
1: so, um, what is the dark triad, Nathan? Remind me again.
0: Okay, the dark triad, I think, is a a group of different personality traits that are common to people with antisocial personality disorder, which mm-hmm. is what you diagnose, like, somebody who likes to kill people for fun. That's what the diagnosis you would give them. Right. So, the dark triad would be, like...
1: What are the signs?
0: Um, the, It's narcissism. Uh, It's... Lack of empathy and it's like dark behavior, something like that. And then there are three indicators of that, which are like as a kid that you can look for in children Mm -hmm. to like notice if they're starting to develop this sort of mental disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, It's bedwetting, first of all. It's being a pyromaniac, like Mm -hmm. lighting, loving to light fires. And the other one is like harming small animals, right?
1: Yep. Did you know that it's now the dark quad?
0: No, it didn't.
1: They found another one. What is it? Childhood frontal lobe injuries.
0: Childhood frontal lobe injuries. That yeah. makes complete sense. Whew. Okay, so, so flag football, guys. Not, oh, my
1: God, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Keep those kids out of contact sports until they're 15. How about that? Yeah. Fucking A.
1: Um, you know, Ted doesn't really fit that profile. We don't know if he was torturing the frogs as a frog man. Okay, frog man. <laughs> he probably no, was, No, frog right? man loves his frogs. His grandpa was torturing animals. Yeah, exactly. That's what backyard. I was
0: going to say. He His model for behavior was like a violent, like angry man who tortured small animals.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say is like, st- strictly speaking, he doesn't qualify for the dark triad. But beyond that... Mm-hmm. I've noticed this is just my calculations. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Violent home life slash like broken home.
0: Totally, totally.
1: So violence in the home.
0: Yeah. Um, lack of both parents generally. Yeah. Yes,
1: lack of a full set of parents. Yeah. Even a subgroup of that. Right. Raised by people who weren't their quote real or biological parents.
0: Interesting. And
1: that it was kept a secret from them.
0: Right. Right.
1: That happened to Eileen Warnos, Remember, yes, absolutely. The same thing. She was born mm-hmm. in a home for unwed mothers. Yeah, and then her and her real biological father also may have been her grandfather, like Ted right. may have been, right. and then was raised by her grandma and grandfather. Mm-hmm. And her grandfather was extremely violent. Yeah, and she believed her sis, her mother was her sister. Same thing with Ted.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So okay, I think of I I have two ideas about what that means. And Because you think about, like, there are perfectly normal, happy, healthy families where the kids adopt it. It's not their real biological parents, but nothing goes wrong, right? I think that in this situation where you get, like, little kids with personality disorders out of this, is that it's not just that it's not their biological parents. It's that their whole family unit is like chaotic and there is Mm -hmm. no sense of support or structure Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And so they're wildly swinging from one thing to another and there's no home base, there's no concrete place to stand on, especially if your parents are erratic themselves. Like imagine like, like both of these women... Gave birth when they were very young mm-hmm. and had to give the kid to their parents, and may have actually been molested by their own parents in mm-hmm. order to conceive the kid. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's chaos, chaos in the family unit. Yeah, when that is a horrible, horrible sign, it's a horrible thing to do to a kid, and it's almost sure to make them fucked up in one way or another. Yeah, the other thing in both of these situations is that, like, imagine you have. You have, even if it's like a little shaky, you have this like family unit, right? You're being raised by your grandparents. Um, You know that they're there, even if they're a little like, um, you know, violent or weird. And you have this older sister, Mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, your whole conception of reality is blown up and shattered and completely rendered meaningless. Like to have your entire existence, your provenance, where you come from, who you are, what your family is, to be like a malicious lie to have it completely blown up that way. Imagine what that would do to a developing psyche, especially a little boy, you know, flooded with testosterone, fucking uh, getting angry. Mm -hmm. It's just a recipe for disaster.
1: There's only one other thing I noticed, and that was being born during war times. Interesting. And having fathers who were veterans.
0: Right. Got it. Um, Samuel was a veteran. Yeah, his grandfather, of and World apparently his
1: father. Well, if it wasn't Samuel, mm-hmm. then it was these one one of two like U.S. military guys right, right, right. that she slept with during yeah. that time.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, not to get out totally out of my depth here, but they talk about there's this field of study called epigenetics, which is like beyond simply the DNA information. What more can be transferred from parent to child? Via a re- reproduction, right? And one, they've noticed that people who suffer severe, severe trauma can literally pass that on into their kid. Yeah. Like the feeling of trauma that they have, that they it got while they were alive. their gene
1: structure. And exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Per- pretty permanently.
0: And they pass it on to their kid.
1: Apparently, it takes six generations. Yeah. Of healing, like of wow. not re re-traumatizing. Yeah. To get back to a different gene structure. Well, wow, that's fascinating. From the one that was changed, altered during their traumas. They studied this with Holocaust survivors. Mm. It takes six generations
0: goodness gracious. To get the
1: trauma out of the genes, basically yeah. and out of the body.
0: So imagine these guys go overseas, go see some horrible, horrible shit in wartime. Yeah. Come back, impregnate a lady, even if they're not in the picture. You know, live, whiling out, freaking out, and hitting the kids or whatever. Yeah. They are. They have the potential to have passed on that horrible stuff they saw and and or did yep. and or had happened to them into their children.
1: Yep. Yeah. So here's a quote from a historian about she studies all this. Quote: Of all the people I've ever studied, every murderer and every dictator. Every one of them was either abandoned or abused from birth to three years old.
0: Wow, that Except makes sense. Except
1: Pot. He had a great upbringing. Pol Pot? That's what
0: she says. <laughs> he was just a bad apple, that guy. I guess. Sheesh. Yeah. Man.
1: So um, back to the Florida woman, just for mm-hmm. our ending here. Uh, Most you know serial killer, mass murderer content focuses on the killer as a source of the fascination. We've Mm -hmm. sort of done that here, but I thought I'd switch up the focus. Well, no, we proved
0: how mediocre he was. That's true. Um, And desperate and weird.
1: I just want to pivot to one of Ted's surviving victims, Florida woman Kathy Kleiner. She was one of the women attacked in the Chi Omega sorority house at FSU. So apparently... um, She has this little routine where she goes to a bookstore with her husband and she grabs a book, any book about Ted Bundy Uh and finds her name and goes to her husband and says, and what book is your name in? Oh my God. (laughs) Um, And she has like a good portion of her home library. Uh It's filled with literature on Ted Bundy. She calls it the Bundy binge. And yeah. she actually says, I think it's good for people to read books about Bundy. I really do. They need to know that there's evil out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's probably a good way for her to deal with what happened, Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So she was born in 1957 to mm-hmm. Cuban-American parents. Mm-hmm. And after her biological father died, when she was five, her mother, Rosemary, married Harry Kleiner, a tall, kind German man from Pennsylvania. Nice. Uh, she grew up in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. So as a sixth grader, she was diagnose, diagnosed with lupus, lupus and underwent extensive chemotherapy. And she Jeez. missed all of seventh grade. Oh,
0: poor girl.
1: In the fall of 1976, Kleiner enrolled at FSU in Tallahassee and pledged Chi Omega after being recommended for admission by her high school pal, Susie White. Which, bad decision. Talk about a ripple effect. You would Seriously. feel bad if you were Susie. <laughs> um, exactly. Her freshman year, she lived in the dorms, but her parents convinced her to move into the sorority house for her sophomore year uh-huh. because it had a house mother and combination locks, and they thought it would be safer.
0: Oh.
1: There's a really great article about her uh, mm-hmm. in Rolling Stone, and I'm going to read a piece of that. Go ahead. In the emergency room of Tallahassee Memorial Regional Medical Center, after her attack, doctors cut off her yellow Christmas nightgown and stared down at her underwear, confused. She heard them wonder aloud if they should give her a rape kit examination, a thought that filled her with terror, but then she noticed a familiar face in the crowd of doctors. It was her friend, a fellow student, and earlier that day, Kathy had attended her wedding. She was working a training shift at the ER on her wedding night.
0: Oh my god.
1: Kleiner heard her say, with such a brutal attack, what are the chances that he would put her underwear back on? The friend stroked her hair, and for the first time that night, Kleiner felt the fear drain away. Isn't that a weird coincidence?
0: What a strange but amazing coincidence.
1: Yeah. Um, It says, Kleiner may have been small, but she was fierce. Newspapers would later call her a belligerent survivor. Three months after the attack, she took a job as a cashier at a lumberyard to overcome her fear of strange men. Wow. Which I think is so cool.
0: That is cool. I mean, that just shows an overwhelming faith in humanity on her part.
1: I agree. That's and pretty
0: That's pretty beautiful. A
1: willingness to heal and a willingness to be like, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life afraid of strange men. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to be fun a. for me. Fucking A. Um, and she was also planning a wedding at that time. Um, her college boyfriend proposed to her right after the attack. What? <laughs> And um, the families loved the idea because it seemed like, you know, marriage seems like the perfect way to keep keep Kleiner safe, you know? Well,
0: that's a good point. Yeah. Um,
1: so she was married in June in a long-sleeved, high-neck dress that yeah. her parents picked out for her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, right after the wedding, she took a job as a bank teller where she was promptly robbed at gunpoint. Oh, shit. By an attractive male stranger. No! Yes!
0: She should stay away from attractive male strangers.
1: She tried to have a job to do that exact thing.
0: God damn, dude. Um,
1: It said Kleiner took the afternoon off and returned the next day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit. You've already been fucking... Had the shit beat out of you by Ted Bundy. What, a random guy with a gun's going to scare you? Yeah, fuck off. In
1: 1980, at 23, she had a baby boy, Michael. When Michael was two years old, Kleiner and Shields, the man that she initially married... Filed for divorce. I mean, that right. Was I mean, illigated. that was a bad that idea, was such a guys. Bad idea. Bad decision. Um, four years later, she began dating Scott Rubin, not Scott Rudin. <laughs> Scott Rubin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of her theater friends from high school. It says, "Quote today, Kleiner and Rubin live in New Orleans. They are grandparents, nice. dog owners, and extraordinarily happy people. Due to the injuries she sustained in 1978, Kleiner has had numerous surgeries for TMJ." Wow. She's also survived stage two breast cancer. Quote, I prayed to God, you know, it's someone else's turn, she laughs. <laughs> she plans to see the Zach Efron movie when it comes out. Quote, oh, hopefully man. they'll have one of the Kardashians play me, she chuckles. <laughs> she recently purchased I a like book her. about the personalities of serial killers where she devoured information about other famous criminals like Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. That was interesting. She uh, <laughs> she muses. Dude. Yeah.
0: I love her. That's love her so, great. That so great. I'm so glad to put the focus on her.
1: Me too.
0: A, a true survivor and somebody who seems to really be thriving, even though they went through something fucking unimaginable.
1: not crazy? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so crazy.
1: Did you know that there's a Ted Bundy... Eileen like fantasy crossover universe. Of course, there is. Of
0: course, there is. And well, well, the girls, idea is, like, were... girls on the internet are flicking their beans to it, fucking writing fan oh, fiction maybe. and shit. Ew. Yeah.
1: Um, but, like, they were both killing in North Florida at the same time. Yeah. They were both within probably. Fucking 20 miles of each other. Totally. Totally. And like, if he had ever picked her up as a prostitute, <laughs> right? she might have right? fucking killed him and That's saved right. the Kyle Omega girls. Oh
0: my God. Good point.
1: Who do you think would win? Eileen um, Warnos or Ted Bundy?
0: <sighs> I gotta say, I gotta say, Bundy. Yeah, I gotta say, Bundy. Because yeah. wh- um, we actually talked about this a little bit, and you said what I think is the right take, which is that. Warnos only killed if she felt like she was in danger of being raped. Yeah. And Bundy, like this minute he got you in the car, he's raping you, you know? Right. Or killing you.
1: You were already knocked out. Yeah, exactly. Lunch force. you with a fucking
0: crowbar or whatever.
1: That's why, yeah, Yeah. I think Eileen would be toast in that situation. Because she really waited for you to do something she didn't like. That's right. And then she would kind of flip and kill you. But. You know, she didn't kill all of her Johns. No, like, she didn't. She just kind of got triggered. That's <laughs> right. She got she crashed. snapped. Yep. But totally. um, but he would get the girls unconscious as soon as they were in the car. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as she got in the car, before they even fooled around Smack enough for her to be four. like, "I fucking hate this guy. He's trying to rape me in the ass." Yep. Um, he would. Yeah, she'd be unconscious. So Jesus. I think he would win. But
0: yeah,
1: you know, I'm. Team Eileen, obviously. Yeah,
0: me too. I'm rooting for Eileen. (laughs) I'm just being realistic. You know what I mean.
1: Well, they were both executed in Florida.
0: (sighs) In the fucking electric chair.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, babe, that was quite the fucking. (laughs) Speaking of electric chairs, I felt like I just rode the lightning. That was quite a fucking tale. Yeah, it was. Very very disturbing, and I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. So thank you for that. Sorry. That's okay.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed it. it. Culture. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they did. It's one of the most famous Florida murders. Mm-hmm. And I had fun researching it, so it is gruesome, but I hope we learned some things.
0: <laughs> like a sick, twisted Miss Frizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Grizzle.
1: Ah. Ah. All, right, All right, guys. We love you.
0: Talk to you Friday. Be
1: safe. Don't walk around college campuses alone in the dark.
0: Don't hitchhike. Don't. Bye. Bye.